Hello and welcome to the Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and we're back this week, episode 30, a nice catch up. It's the news. It's me. It's you. It's we're here and we're starting to talk about some good news for once. We are in the final stages, it feels like, of lockdown. We're now in March. It's cracking on. The end is in sight, people. And I'm excited. I'm an optimist. You know this. I am somebody who sees the best in people and sees the best in the world. And the vaccine program is going fantastically. 20 million being sorted in the UK with another 80 million being sorted in the USA and a total of 235 million worldwide. Those numbers need to be bumped up. Those are amateur numbers, guys. We need to help the rest of the world, help those who are less fortunate than the Western powers. And I'm hoping that uh, the smaller countries will be getting those vaccines and we're going to crack on and open the world up, crack it back open and get those economies going and get, get them running. Because if there's anything worse at the moment, it's the mental health crisis as well as the hard work being put in by our NHS, NHS and all of those key workers out there who make uh, people like me have a nice easy job so I can sit here and chat crap with you guys in front of a damn camera and have a nice easy life. Those are the true heroes working hard and, and making my white boy problems uh, <laughs> smaller every day. Uh, and so, you know, jump, jumping right in, I want to start by saying thank you to those who are doing that. And also, you know, let's be a little bit grateful. Let's take some gratitude in today and, and really think about how we've got three months left. That's it. The program's been set. I'm an optimist. People, a lot of people I've spoken to have said, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, no, let's, let's be positive. Let's say 22nd of June, 2021 is the end. Let's be positive. Let's provide support. Let's be optimistic. And let's, you know, if you're already sat there thinking to yourself, Chris, I don't believe it's going to happen. I don't, I think you're talking, you know, a load of yes. And to be fair, you know, I could be, um, but I like to think I've got some reliable sources. I like to think I've got some friends who, uh, who provide me with some good information. And also I, I kind of believe in the science. I, you know, I've worked with scientists for a couple of years um, at my previous company and I, I've worked with, they are super smart they're smarter than me and they're smarter than the majority of the people out there sad to say they're probably smarter than you on the screen um listening or watching to this now you know they don't get phds and years of experience developing drugs for no reason so you going on reddit or googling it <laughs> doesn't scratch the surface of so-called issues you may have with the vaccine trust your government for once <laughs> you know i know that's hard to do i know they've done a lot of bad stuff i know that there's a lot of people out there who don't trust their governments i'm telling you this time trust them do the right thing take the, take the vaccine move forward let's get this ball running anyway a little bit less serious last week we talked about spirituality with a friend of mine on yaka and you know it gets a little bit deep i'm here to give you a nice little bit of lightheartedness we're taking it back a little bit let's let's relax let's think like i said we started off with some positives let's think about something a little bit less serious you know actually the future let's look to the future it's a bright future what one of the positive things that come out of the COVID crisis is actually people have started to realize that they can work from home and companies have realized that, oh, wow, productivity 
and the results we're getting from this aren't as bad as we thought it was. Oh, damn. Actually, being flexible and allowing people to work from where they want to work is actually a good thing. And we can actually offer people a different way of working. Sometimes, for some people, they really want to be in the office. They really want to be there. And I'm, you know, I like being in the office from time to time. But that's it from time to time, guys. Think about it. You don't want to be in the office 24-7. Sometimes it's an absolute sort of, tr you know, real trudge to get you out of bed, get into work early and crack on with the day. Some days you just want to roll out of bed and work from home and you should have the choice to do so. So I'm going to talk about something that's kind of interesting for me. I've got a plan at the moment. I know it's not good to have plans at the moment because the world's so topsy-turvy, but I'm going to have a plan nonetheless. I'm a high hopes guy. Yeah, they may get dashed, but I'd rather they get dashed than not have a plan at all because that means it's I'm leaving it up to the fates. <laughs> and that's not what I'm about. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm about having tick boxes and an agenda. So like many people, my main thing at the moment is I've realized something that with the company I work for and quite a few companies, Microsoft, Google, and, and the fan crew are basically saying that they want to offer the ability to reduce the numbers in the office and they're smart to do so. They reduce the tax and they reduce the amount of payment they have to pay for the size of their offices. It's a smart move on their part, but what they're truly doing is actually creating loyalty because there's people who have kids people who have other responsibilities wives they want to spend more time with their family they don't want to be making hour to two hour long commutes to and from work every single day using up all their time spending more money on travel spending more money on you know the food of getting there instead of being able to do a meal prep for instance and having some tasty food from home or you've got the opposite where they love going into the office and they take the benefits and all that and they love being there what I'm saying in my point, from my point of view, I think there should be the option for both. From my, from me personally, I love the balance of both. I love the option of being able to go in and see people and ooh, what, what happened there? See people? <laughs> Sound like a Muppet. Um, I am a Muppet, but you know, not from Muppet Christmas Carols, as I've mentioned before. In this, in this point, I'm trying to make is that I love a balance. I love a good balance. I love the idea that one month I could be in the office for the entire month. The next month, I could be in Lisbon, for instance, sat in an apartment somewhere, renting it out, and for that entire month, I work remotely. Isn't that an awesome idea? That one moment, you know, you could spend contact time in the office, obtain the trust of your, your colleagues and show them that you're there, and then one month you're away, and then you come back and you show why they love you so much. You show why that they employ you in the first place because when you're gone, they're like, oh, damn, he's not there or she or you're not there. You start to realize, and this is the phrase, the cliche, and there's a reason it's a cliche of people don't realize how good they got it until it's gone. And it's so true. So you, your ability to work remotely can actually show how important you are to people sometimes. Coming and going shows that ability for you to be appearing and disappearing out of there and sometimes that may cause chaos in the office but i think you should have that option i 
think that'd be really cool. And companies are starting to realize that by offering these sort of contracts where you only have to be in the office for so many days or having agreements with your boss, they're actually going to create a nicer environment for people. And so there's so much, you know, isn't that so positive? so cool in my mind i'm sat here like i'm excited for the future i'm excited for the work that i do i'm excited to be able to say you know i'm going to be able to get my work done but at the same time i'm going to be sat next to the beach somewhere you know and, and know that i'm going to go for a run you know i love my run I'm, I, you know run by the beach how cool is that the ideas now i know it's high hopes at the moment because of the pandemic and everything but i think this is what the pandemic proves everyone's going to want to travel after this. They've realized how important it is to have their freedom and have the ability to see the world. It's the ability to look inwards and be like, what's important to me? What am I looking for? And I think a lot of people are going to realize after this, what's not important, because it's very clear as soon as you're stuck in a place and you're not keen on being there, you immediately think to yourself, damn, where do I want to be? What do I want to do? And that's really important. This year has been hell for some people. And that I can't help at the moment. And it sucks. And I'm sat here like, damn, I'm a bad person because I can't help those people. And the only real thing is resources that can come out of me. And I don't like that. I don't like just, you know, I donate money, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like I want to physically help. That's why I love you know, getting people into running and helping people sort of with the knowledge I have of my programming and helping people learn and stuff like that, because I'm sat here like, maybe this is something I can give. Maybe by me speaking about it, somebody out there might get something. And it, 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 because I'm doing it, it's better than, you know, just handing somebody some money and just being like, you know, go away and, you know, use that resource. I'd rather be creative and show the right path, the path that I think is the right path. And I've been down a lot of paths, people. And then some of them were not good. Some of them were very self-sabotaging, self-pity, and so on and so forth. Don't go down that path. Work on yourself. Read, write, you know, learn all these things. Be the person that you want to be. Um, and if you are in one of those poorer backgrounds, like, damn, you have an opportunity to raise yourself up from the gutter. I can tell you that right now. You have an opportunity. And that's easy for me to say because I'm sat here in a corner, like I said, not working on the front lines, but I'll be damned if I don't be the op op optimist in this world. I want to be, and I don't want to be the pessimist. So moving on from that, moving on to something a little bit more lighthearted. I know I get serious sometimes, but I want to show that passion to everybody um, that a smaller creator still has that want and need to express and show the world an opinion and the action to back that opinion up instead of everyone just doing it all the time because that's what it seems like 80 percent of the world is doing at the moment and we've got a very small percentage of people going out there and kicking ass and taking names moving on uh, something that's extremely pleasing to me at the moment. We sp it's previously in a previous video. I spoke with uh, one of my uh, one of my friends uh, in the comment section about uh, football, specifically Chelsea Football Club, and and the massive effect 
that happened to the club after I released the last news podcast. And that was specifically that Frank Lampard got sacked. Now, this was around five, five weeks or so, a month or so ago when this happened. And I predicted at the time that we had a run of eight games that if one could have redeemed him. However, the club foresaw that actually they didn't want Frank to be in charge. And so they replaced him with Thomas, Thomas Tuchel. And if I'm honest, I knew these, I did predict that those eight games would be won. Whether or not the previous team would have won them in the form of under Frank Lampard, I don't know. But they were winnable games. And I can clearly see why the club did it because they knew that under a new manager, that run of progress would lead to what happened recently, a win over Liverpool and a draw against Manchester United. The Manchester United game isn't really worth speaking about. There was nothing really big there to talk about apart from uh, excellent defensive performance from Christiansen and Rudiger. On the other hand, with Liverpool, it was excellent to see Werner really attacking. He seems like he's been, there's a fire lit under him and he's like, I want to get goals now. It was very different to when he was in his goal drought. Again, I, I did say previously that I thought that he would be able to get out of it if he'd been given that sort of positive boost. Um, as for Havertz, I don't know. I can't read that guy. It's very hard to read him. And it's the same with Ziyech. They're hard to read players. They, you know, it, it, From an external point of view, I immediately think that I can't read them and I can't see if they're motivated. Are they motivated to be there? Clearly, if you're a football player and you're playing at the highest profession, you would be motivated. You're playing for Chelsea Football Club, one of the best in the world. And you, you're thinking to yourself, damn, I'm lucky to be here. On the other hand, there's also the part of me that's they're just cruising a little bit. And it could be that they are. But I think Thomas Tuchel's going to, he's a completely different manager. He's a very intense manager. And he's also somebody who won't take any crap from anybody. And I love that. And I love how he's brought back in Aspie, bringing in the captain, bringing in that defense. He's solidified our defense at the back and he's made sure that we are um, being super, super, super sort of intense and attacking as well with our with our football and passing it about retaining large amounts of possession and really sh you know showing what a top team can do 11 games unbeaten at the moment and what i see foresee at the moment is two extremely difficult games at the moment we have everton and liverpool coming uh, everton and leeds coming up these are two teams that are in great form leeds are in a, a team that may concede a lot but they also are extremely attacking and have the ability to con to score goals with rafinha up front at the moment who's on fire is doing fantastic um, and you've also got within everton richarlison also seven games seven goals so this is going to be true test for Chelsea. Liverpool were on a downward spiral, so it's less less of an impressive win over them. These are the two games I'm truly intrigued to do because we, we also beat Atletico, but Atletico Madrid were like, it was, I'm pretty sure at some point it was nine men behind the ball. So they were playing very defensive football and it seems like Spanish football... I don't, I don't watch Liga very often. I'm more of a Bundesliga and a Serie A um, person because they have some fantastic players in both of those leagues at the moment. But La Liga seems a little bit wet, if I'm honest. Uh, and the Premier League is exciting at the moment. 
exciting. It's exhilarating. It's got so many good players in there. We've got teams that are really pushing the top four. And you've got Arsenal and Tottenham are being pushed out at the moment because you've got teams like Everton and West Ham who are just showing up and showing consistency and winning games that they should win and they could win. Um, and, and as for Chelsea, like I said, if we beat those three big games, Atletico at home, Everton and Leeds, then we're top four bound. We're top four bound and we're going to stick there. And I can see it because it's like that consistency. If we don't win those games, I have a feeling that it's going to be a serious uphill battle because we've got Man City in May. We've also got, um, I'm pretty sure we've got Tottenham again as well. And while Tottenham are on a downhill uh, sort of like rebound, thanks to Bale, it feels to me that it, it would be really difficult for Chelsea to go from quite a few easy games in April to an extremely tough period of football in, in May. And I think if we can ease it in in March and make sure that we win these games, then it's sort of smooth sailing. However, like I said, if we lose those games, it's going to be a tough, tough battle for us to, to you know, catch Leicester and stick out of, of going into fifth place from West Ham or uh, Liverpool. So yeah, really, ex really excited stuff. And the idea that Erling Haaland could join Chelsea is like, he's one, he's, he may be my favorite player who doesn't play for Chelsea at the moment. Uh, obviously Mason Mount is my favorite player though, because he is just such a likable character. Uh, I think he's a couple of years younger than me and he just such a likable bloke. Like did the Kamehameha the other day as a, a celebration, him and Chil are hilarious at that. I loved it. Um, him and Chunks on YouTube, brilliant, very likable chap and clearly understandable why Gareth Southgate and Tuchel love him and, and why Frank London loved him beforehand. So, uh, but Erling Haaland, if he joined Chelsea, wow, that's like Didier Drogba version two, you know, that love, that passion for football. So anyway, enough about football. As you can see, I am clearly loving the way Chelsea are playing at the moment. I know there's a lot of possession. Some people may say it's defensive. I think there's a lot of uh, attack in there from time to time when we obtain that creativity from players like Mount and Ziyech, uh, when they feel like playing. <laughs> Mason Mount is always playing, uh, but some of the rest of the players in the team don't seem to be switched on from time to time. Moving on. Uh, this is a little bit of a, a common news story at the moment. Bitcoin. Bitcoin seems to be in the news consistently about the valuation of big companies buying up Bitcoin, Tesla investing a lot of money in there, Square investing money in there, quite a few other big companies. And I'll be honest, I'm not convinced. And I'm putting it out there now. I'm probably going to eat these words one day and Bitcoin's going to be worth something like one million pounds. Uh, at the moment, it's worth 30,000. And I'm waiting at the moment for there to be a crash because similar to, and we'll get into stocks in a minute, but Bitcoin is to me, a it, its true value was its ability to be non-regulated and its ability to be non-traceable and to be used as a way for people to transfer money between people without basically regulation or, or being traced. However, with big companies getting involved, the more 
banks that get involved, there will be regulation behind the currency and tried to be implemented. And although the science behind it says that there is the idea of each Bitcoin isn't physical, it is on, a dev on individual devices and wallets, and therefore it can't be physically stored in one place like gold. It's not physical like that. It is separated and um, there is a word for this and I can't remember it for the top of my head, but it can be on multiple machines at the same time. And there is a specific scientific uh, computing word that is forgotten. I wrote a whole entire presentation on it, but you know, bad me. The, the point I, I made in my presentation is that Bitcoin, unlike gold, isn't, there's no value behind it. Like I said, there's a policy that's value and the idea of it being a currency is value. It's, it's like fear. Fear is backed by the idea that businesses are valuing the currency that they're in. So, for instance, the pound is backed by the businesses within the UK. The dollar is backed by the businesses in the US. However, with those two as well, the idea behind Bitcoin, there isn't actually a business backing it. It's not business. There's not a physical resource that backs it. There is only its usage and trading between people. And its value has been placed because it's limited and because there's only a certain amount of Bitcoin. My worry is, is that it's ephemeral and it's like the mortgages of 2008, where the idea behind it is that they're actually not worth anything. And so to me, that's a little bit uh, on the edge. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm all about diversification. I'm a big fan of putting my money in different areas to be able to grow and also to stop me from investing purely within one sector and losing it if that sector crashes. However, I'm a little bit skeptical and I'll explain a little bit further as well. So as well as Bitcoin, I want to talk about the stock market at the moment. The stock market is um, a... A lot of people have a question mark over the stock market, but thanks to GameStop and the news behind that that's been going on for the past month and a half, it's actually brought a spyglass onto it. We, we are zooming in and we're actually understanding that it's not as complicated as everyone else made it out to be. And the reason behind that is because the access to apps like Trading212 and what used to be Robinhood, which is no longer... Um, something that people should really use because of its clear bias towards hedge funds. Uh, but, uh, you know, these free non-commission trading platforms that allow the individual to be able to try and profit from trading. And what I've learned from the past six months of trading is these ups and downs that I've seen. You know, before this, before the pandemic, the trading had been just going up and up and up. It was exponential and it was, it, it's been going since 2008. And that, that worried me, number one. Thankfully, I wasn't, you know, too in, I'm not too invested. I don't invest money that I don't have, basically. I only invest what I'm willing to lose. It's a rule I have with myself. I don't invest money that I need. I invest money that could potentially in the future help me. But I know if it gets, you know, if, if it all goes to zero because the stock market crashes, it's fine. It's money lost and that's okay. It is, I'm hoping that it won't, have, that won't happen. But at the moment, I'm going to get into this now is that the, the market's going to crash. And I'm listening to people much smarter than me. 
I'm not someone who specializes in the stock market. Number one, I'm not old enough to be able to know the patterns of the stock market. I'm not arrogant enough to say that I know about it, but I have learned a few things along the way. And I'm starting to realize that I need to get my resources. I need to get the news. And a lot of, a lot of the stock market is based off human beings communication the social media platforms that as reddit has proven it's about basically people grouping together putting their money together and valuing stocks by manipulating them from time to time one thing that has truly made me realize that the market could crash within the next six months is the low interest rates and the high inflation that's going up at the moment. And the fact that the value of the pound and the dollar have stayed at the same level. Actually, the pound has got higher. That's worrying. Gold has tumbled, which is kind of like, I mean, okay, yeah, fair, fair enough. Gold isn't what it used to be, but it's kind of doesn't make a lot of sense with Bitcoin going up. It's like, well, gold is used as semiconductors in the majority of phones with copper and silver as well. And both of those, th those three commodities were valued lower than Bitcoin. And you also have to think that th those three things are used in resources. You look at your, you know, everybody on this planet has a phone nearly. Like the majority of people have phones. There's more phones than there are people. Those phones contain these, these resources in them. Not gold specifically, but like, you know, you look at your phone, the resources that are used to build phones are made from like commodities and commodities are lowered at the moment. It's like, how? <laughs> we, we buy more than we've ever done before. The, the stimulus checks that are being handed out in the US are being spent. And then, you know, a lot of people are spending to, to get the economy going again. Anyway, I'm ranting. The point being is, is that a lot of it seems to be hot air, that it isn't real. It is ephemeral. There's a lot of statements that people are saying, the economy's going to recover. We're going to you know, get back into it as soon as everything opens. Well, we haven't actually had a proper crash so far from the pandemic. Back in March, we had a 25% one. That's not a proper crash. Normally, 2008 was a 50% crash. And we've had the most, both, most governments have more debt now than they had back in 2008. So the question is, is that, you know, if it's going to happen and it and from what I'm seeing at the moment after the market dipping on Friday, it says to me it's happening soon and it's coming quick. And for me, this means fire sale for me, which is fine because I'm going to start buying up shares at 50 percent profit. But does it mean that I'm going to buy up Bitcoin? Well, maybe, maybe I have a feeling that Bitcoin has a part to play in the future. I don't think it's what majority of people think it is at the moment. I don't think it's a, a commodity like gold. I think it's a way for people to tr transfer money. So I don't think it's, you know, it's, I don't think it's worth 50 grand. You know what I mean? I don't think it's worth 50K, but I do think it's worth something. And what that valuation is, I don't know. And this is the problem is we don't have anything to tie it down to. How do you value ones and zeros? I mean, it's just... It's like in Ready Player One, where you're valuing an item within a video game more than you are a real life car. It's like, just how? Uh, maybe, maybe I'm talking rubbish. That's okay though, because it's a learning process. We fail, we learn from those failures and we move on. And I'm, I'm sure someone will put in the comment section something along the lines of Chris, you're talking crap. 
Uh, you know, the stock market isn't how you say it is and the Bitcoin's worth this for this reason. Great. I'll learn something new. Always a way forward. But very interesting thing at the moment is that Tesla's investment in, in the uh, Bitcoin, the, the majority of companies that followed Tesla and did the investment in Bitcoin and uh, other cryptocurrency had a 20% decrease on Friday and Thursday. What does that say to you? 20% decrease. Well, Bitcoin went down and so did the company's valuations. So if the, the company's valuation now tied to the cryptocurrency, if crypto goes down, these companies go down with it. Um, not so much Tesla because they have so many different, like they've got a lot more money in them at the moment and they have a physical product that is you know, reliable and valued by people. And as we've seen, Tesla goes up, down. So, you know, it is, it's crazy volatile. Anyway, point being, I think gold's worth buying at the low at the moment. Buy the dip. Buy the dip of gold. Hold, hold the line. <laughs> and, you know, buy, buy yourself, you know, if you want to get into crypto, now probably isn't the best idea because it's on quite a quite a high point. I've seen this happen before. I remember back in 2017, one of my mates at university spent a load of his money um, buying up crypto when it went up all the way to 13 grand and then it dropped and he lost and he sold when it got to the loss. Um, and that was a bad move. And now it's, you know, it's quadrupled. The point being is buy it at the, the dip and wait for it to rise again. I've, I've done this with a couple of my stocks and they've, they've made me a little bit small amount of profit and, and that's good. But, you know, I don't know. I'm not somebody to rely on on this. I'm just talking because I, I love, it's so interesting to me. I don't know why. I find it so fascinating, these financial um, things. I love that it's come to the majority of people's eyes. You know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting part of the world where anybody can invest now. You can have your pension, you can have a savings account, and you can make more than just 1% a year off your savings account. You can go and invest. It may be a little bit more risky, but you're not going to have to pay everyone to do it for you anymore. You can do it on your own. You can learn and, and do things and don't bet more than you can, you know, live without. Moving on, a little bit of fun, fun fact at the moment. I've actually spent the last month without taking any creatine or protein powder. And I thought when I was taking protein powder that I was farting a lot more than usual. Turns out it wasn't the protein powder. It was meeting lots of broccoli and lots of uh, green beans. <laughs> so, so it turns out that uh, I've uh, it's my intake of vegetables that have and and also beans the other day that uh, that have increased my fiber, <laughs> as you would say. So, I've also realised that I don't want to intake whey protein anymore because it just makes me feel a little bit less. Um, okay, I think I also get some indigestion and stuff like that, but I still want to increase my protein intake at the moment. I'm eating chicken and uh, lean sausage at the moment, majority of midweek, which is fine. But I want to increase uh, in my oats in the morning. I want to have some a scoop of protein in it. So I'm going to buy some vegan protein powder and increase my mineral intake by buying something that's you know made from like chickpea and Stuff, stuff that is natural. That's what I'm trying to do at the moment. I'm eating, trying to eat natural, non-chemical stuff uh, because I was eating loads of low-calorie stuff that, you know, 
is clearly it's like diet coke you shouldn't have it every day it's nice to have as a treat on the weekend but it's it's like you know it's the reason why it's so low calories is because of all the stuff they put in it anyway for those not interested something that is truly fun at the moment that i'm, I'm really enjoying has been one division the last and um, my sister pointed out when I say the word wonder vision, I should be saying it separately, like wonder vision, because it sounds like I'm saying one division, uh, as in one divided. Um, and what I'm talking about is actually the show. <laughs> uh, and it's fantastic. I've loved the sort of just bond that vision and wonder have, and also the family aspect. And just something different. Disney are being creative. It's like, wow, Disney, well done. It's like, oh, damn, you guys have, you've, you've actually pushed the boat out a little bit and, and let your writers run a little bit wild. And the final episode was a lot of fun. I wouldn't say it was, you know, the best episode, but it was, it was good. It was solid. I would have said that a couple of the middle episodes really did well with the introduction of Quicksilver. I felt that the the entirety of the series as a whole is, is is definitely worth a watch and it's so much fun paul bettany's hilarious with his little antics off camera talking about uh how he's the cameo of the next he was building up this huge cameo and there was no huge cameo i loved it i loved it and he he's hilarious he's an absolute favorite of mine because i remember watching him in the knight's tale back in 2000 and i want to say seven because of uh i watched it in history class in year year seven <laughs> so easy way for me to to navigate is through year based off uh, the years going on and uh, such a classic and he's hilarious in that uh, and he's brilliant and i can't believe that somebody in hollywood told him his career was oh it definitely won't be or never will be now thanks to his uh, vision character and his clear ability to act and be a lovable character and obviously elizabeth olsen is gorgeous and drop dead just brilliant at what she's doing as well and she's tr her characters um actually become more likable in this series i felt like it was a little bit you know hit or miss within the age of ultron and i think wandavision has truly made her likable and more relatable to the audience so give it a watch see what you think go from there so as well as that, um, I've been watching, uh, re-watching, I've talked about this before, Run With The Wind, which is an anime that is all based around running. I've talked about it. I've, I have to re-watch it. It's so much fun. Running, to me, is so key. And it's the only anime that ties in with Tokyo, provides this beautiful vision of Japan, and at the same time, incorporates some running aspects and some really fun characters. And that's all I'm looking for. I'm looking for a little bit of fun, a little bit of entertainment, some fun characters and something relaxing to watch on a Saturday morning for, for like 30 minutes uh, before I start my day. And, you know, my, my days start, as I've said before, with, a, you know, this and uh, reading and writing and, and having a coffee and just relaxing and knowing that I'm going to have a good day and start it off well. And I think that's one of the main things that I'm going to take from this pandemic is when, when I'm, when life's back to normal, I'm actually going to continue that routine in the morning where I, I read, I write, I have a coffee and I try and get some French and German done as well as, you know, just start my day off. Well, 
because it seems to be to me to put me in a positive mood uh, and it you know productivity for me is something that makes me feel like I'm making making myself a better person and also feeling the world around me feel more positive so there's that what I'm reading at the moment you can see in the corner here good omens uh, and good omens is the book is exactly like the TV series. So Neil, Neil Gaiman and uh, uh, Terry Pratchett are fantastic. They're hilarious as always. And the characters are perfectly played in the series because I've, I've read the majority of the book now. I think I'm on page 302. And it's just exactly the, the characters are spot on. The script is spot on uh, in the TV show and the link back to the book. It's, it's brilliant and such a good read. And my next couple of books that I'm really looking forward to reading, Jordan Peterson's just reading, releasing Beyond Order, Another 12 Rules for Life, which I'm super excited to read about because his previous book, 12 Rules for Life, changed me as a person back in 2018. And I felt like I was really, really becoming who I am today, this person who I think I'm, you know, the ability to express myself and try and benefit other people as well as myself and you know instead of trying to fix the entire world fix my reality first before I go questioning the world or questioning a de deity or a god or you know believing that someone else can fix my problems rather than me and it's down to me to fix my problems um, and I'm not going to put my problems in other people that's I love that I love the structure behind it and I'm hoping Beyond Order provides that that love for putting order, but adjusting. I, well, in this case, I think it's chaos. I think the book's based on chaos. So 12 Rules for Life is ba based on order, and then Beyond Order is based on chaos. And I think that's probably what it's called, <laughs> Beyond Chaos. I've just, oh, no, I've shown myself up by talking about, oh, no. It's obvious Beyond Order is Beyond Order, which is chaos. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping the, the more 12 Rules for uh, are going to show me what the other side of structure the chaotic side and what i should be thinking and i think that's what's missing in the pandemic at the moment is the chaotic side which you see when you go for drinks with friends and you go on adventures and you, you go down that that road when you're on holiday that you're like oh, i'm gonna go down the road and, and see if there's any cool food and i'm gonna go up that hill and see what's beyond it sort of thing that sort of mindset so i'm hoping to see that and the other book, a little bit darker, a little bit, a little bit, you know, not so much. Uh, it's it's a more of a reality check is The Rape of Nanking, which is the, the, what the Japanese did to the region of Nanking in China during World War II. Um, and I think these books that I've read, um, like Ordinary Men, give me a serious reality check and they provide me with some gratitude for life. And I really recommend them. I think that, you know, obviously I haven't read Raymond and King, but I'm aware of what happened because of listening to podcasts like Jocko Willink and, uh, and Jordan Peterson's as well. So although they are quite dark, I think it's the darkness that you need to understand society in order to enjoy it. You know, you need to understand that things are worse off than you, you know, and that you haven't truly seen the dark side of human beings until you've seen like what happened in World War II, what happened in China, what happened in Russia um, during the 20th century and what we take for granted in the 21st century today. And that this pandemic isn't as bad. It's a mental battle, don't get me wrong, but it's not the physical battle or the awful mental issues that were happening that weren't talked about during World War II. Um, and 
we are, you know, I'm super grateful to be able to talk about these things. I'm loving every second that I get to talk to somebody else. I will be planning to get some more guests on uh, and we'll talk more people. There will definitely be some, uh, the future of the part, you know, the next few episodes. I'm not sure. I've, what I'm trying to do at the moment is I was having a structure and you'll have noticed this structure has been all over the place over the past like 10 podcasts because um, I've been trying to stick to my structure. What I need to do is be flexible and allow other people to come in and out of the podcast and be able to, um, you know, if I say, can you do this weekend? They can't not be too upset and understand that I can create something like I have, you know, where I did the food podcast, I, I made it up, you know, I made it up on the spot and I uh, went away, did some research and came back and the same with some of my history podcasts they've really you know filled in they've they've been so much fun i've realized that actually sometimes these podcasts can you know be better than how i was feeling going into the net the the guest podcast so it's important to know that i will be consistently here and i'm going to try my best to get as more, more more guests on here more guests that i don't know um people i don't know that well sometimes and push the boat and I don't know just make greater content and I'm hoping that you know entertains people and we'll see where it goes uh ones that I can definitely guarantee I'll be some more Batman and there will be some Greek mythology coming up I'm excited for that uh Theseus and the Minotaur is what I'm focusing on for this for that podcast so I hope you're looking forward to it it is uh one of the fun topics that has such depth and mythology for me is fascinating and it has so much to talk about in it and i can't wait to go through it there'll be more history there'll be more book reviews there'll be more talking about loads of stuff if you want to hear more about stonks and stuff like that you know i'll talk about it there's so many things and i'm going to try my best to, to reach out to more people and if they blank me well you know that's life move on don't take it personal. Kick ass and take names. That's it. So leaving on a high, you know what's going to happen for the next few weeks. I'm going to be bringing you podcasts week in, week out. No guest or not, I will be here. And, you know, over the, it may change in three months time. I may be in a different corner somewhere. I may be in a different corner of the world. I may be in a, a different apartment. I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that I can bring some new content to this channel as well as the podcasts and spice things up a little bit and see what happens uh, it's exciting stuff i know i don't want to make any promises at the moment because the pandemic changes things very quickly but it's exciting times and i've got quite a few ideas and i ain't running out anytime soon so let's leave it there this has been a taylor's tales podcast this is chris's corner i'm your host chris taylor as always thank you so much for listening and as always, I'll see you next week.